I'm Tom Schultz, host of Voices of Montana. Thanks for joining us for the podcast today, brought to you by Blackfoot Communications. Does your home qualify for a $70 discount on your internet bill? Blackfoot Communications is proud to partner with the FCC to help ensure that households can afford the broadband necessary for work, school, health care, and more. For more information on this federal program and to see if your household qualifies for a discount on your internet service, visit goblackfoot.com slash ACP. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. So, can government work better for us? I know, it seems like it's a silly question. Yes, there's a lot of ways that government can work better for us. One of them is through the reduction of so-called red tape. But what is red tape? What is red tape in your eyes? After two years of researching and questioning these stakeholders, Montana's Lieutenant Governor Kristen Juris has readied Governor Greg Gianforte's red tape relief for legislative action. More than 150 individual proposals out there. The aim is to make government more efficient and reduce overburdensome regulations. What are those? We'll find out more. Lieutenant Governor Kristen Juris, our special guest today as we go deep into red tape relief on Voices of Montana. Overburdensome regulations, what are those? You could ask one person uh, and, and 10 different people, I should say, and then you're going to get 10 different opinions on that. But I think as we look at reducing unnecessary burdensome regulations, a lot of people do find agreement that it's it's going to help their businesses. It's going to help our economy. It's going to help our bottom line. That was part of the gist of the effort here. A lot of it is just to make government more efficient, kind of get government out of the way when whenever possible. But what a process this must have been. Let's welcome our guest here, and uh, with special thanks to it's Montana Lieutenant Governor Kristen Juris, a fourth-generation Montana. She knows all about this. She grew up on a family ranch near Conrad, uh, the uh, – they're still ranching that area. She's been in Montana all her life, uh, graduated University of Montana, graduated high school in Conrad, uh, and then went to the University of Georgia Law School. Hey, uh, Lieutenant Governor Kristen Juris, thank you for being here. Appreciate that. Um, are you so are you kind of a Georgia bulldog then? <laughs> well, especially when they win the national championship. Yeah. Um, when I first got to Georgia, I did go to law school there. Yeah, I didn't understand what they said when they said hunker down hairy dogs that was one of their cheers but, but i learned <laughs> that would be fun uh, um thanks for being here i appreciate that i imagine this was a, a, a pretty um hefty haul how did you tackle this job well tom you're right it i had to figure out how to eat an elephant <laughs> but let me back up a little bit. I'm an attorney by training. Our family ranch wasn't big enough to support all of us, so I became an attorney so I could help farmers, ranchers, small business owners. So I was aware in representing my clients that um, clients want to be in compliance, but sometimes the regulations are difficult to understand, difficult to navigate, and you have to hire attorneys or other consultants to comply with them. So when the governor asked me to join him uh, as his lieutenant governor, I said, you know, we, one of my goals is, and his goal as well, is to do a thorough regulatory reform so that we can get out of the way of businesses. Now, we need regulations for consumer safety, for protection of the environment, but we both were committed to taking a hard look at what we could do to streamline our regulations. I imagine a few things popped out early, um, but how did you decide 
Um, first, I think you have to have definitions, but how do you determine, um, you know, where, where to go? Because it's part of it's in the eye of the beholder too, right? Yep. So first of all, I, I knew I had to engage all of the, the 13 agencies under the governor's jurisdiction, not only the directors, they were all on board, but we had to rely on the employees to help us identify and even define what is uh, overly burdensome or an unnecessary regulation. So one of the very first things we did was I sat down with employees from every agency and we first started to define what are we looking for. So we're looking for things like reducing timeframes for decision-making, getting to yes or no more quickly, Mm. streamlining and simplifying paperwork and processes. Where are we making errors? Let's figure out how we're doing that and, and how can we decrease the number of errors, sharing data across the agencies, creating one shop um, stops for our businesses, reducing licensing barriers for professionals who are licensed, looking at um, how government operates, our boards and our councils, are they operating well? Can we get more efficient? So we worked hard to put metrics together to help us identify and then each agency you know we have big agencies and we have our smaller agencies they individualized a plan uh, with deadlines i had given them to implement how are we going to do this who's going to be on the team and i gave them some deadlines when they had to have it done and another huge part of this was getting stakeholder input hearing from the businesses farmers ranchers and others who are regulated And we opened up a portal on the governor's website. Most of the agencies opened up a portal to accept comments on their website. Some agencies sent out emails and solicited. So we received thousands of responses and, you know, categorized those and looked at those. So it was a big process, and we just had to break it down into steps to work through it. So by the end of 2021, all of the agencies had gone through a review of their rules, prioritized, here's where we want to start, these are the most important changes to make, and then here's you know a second tier and a third tier. So this is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. We have started. We um, uh, are on our way, and not only did they have to look at all the regulations, and there's approximately 15,000 regulations on the books in Montana, I asked them to look at their internal policies, circulars that aren't rules or regulations. I asked them to look at statutes, look at their programs. Can we do it more efficiently? So it truly was a very thorough review at each agency. Boy, and after all those asks, I'm, I'm sure they're looking at you and their their jaw kind of drops a little bit, and they go, well, "That's that's that's going to be a haul." You know, Tom, um, in 1971, 50 years ago. The legislature adopted a statute requiring each agency to review its rules um, every other year. Mm. And I found out that very few agencies have actually done that or implemented a biennial reboot program. And, And here's the problem. Unless the governor's office makes it a priority, gives them the resources, gets behind them, and lets them know how important this project is and helps them to prioritize it, this simply wasn't being done. Another example is back in um, 1981, the legislature passed the Montana Small Business Licensing Coordination Act, providing for a single-stop small business licensing center. It wasn't done. So unless you have an administration that truly is committed to this project, and puts the time and resources and leadership behind it, um, 
it wasn't going to happen. And the what I found out is the employees, they responded so positively. Mm. One of them said, we needed to hit pause, allow our people time to engage in and prioritize this effort and create a lane for them to contribute and make a difference. One of our rulemaking gals, she said, when I heard about this, it was like confetti going off in my head. I've wanted to do this so long, but with their daily press of normal rulemaking and all of their other jobs, um, it was just something important, but it slid to the back burner. That's interesting. I, you know, I looked at a, a, a few studies out there uh, over the years. This was a uh, um, 96, I think it was from, um, the GAO, Government Accounting Office. And one of the things they noted here, and again, it's too, it's too far in the past to really talk about data that came out of this. Um, but they had noted that, um, they couldn't really get a, a lot of participation from, um, agencies or from industries that were, you know, regulated by these agencies. Um, it, there's a little bit of, um, you know, when you talk about stakeholders, and, and uh, I'm curious about their interest in this, there's a little bit of um, a whistleblower or a tattletale kind of thing going on here. Did, did folks were, – were folks able to get over that? Because I think over the years, especially with President Trump um, doing sort of the, uh, the same thing or initiating this when his, his first term in office, um, we're, we're starting to take a real good hard look at it, but there, is there still some hesitancy? We allowed people, if they um, insisted on it, to be anonymous. So we accepted anonymous to protect them in case they were concerned about any backlash, for example, from an agency that was maybe uh, permitting them. And with that in place, um, I don't think there were any obstacles to submit comments. Those came directly to me, and then I screened them and got them to the agencies. One thing we did find is um, there are kind of a couple of different areas of comments. One was, I have a particular problem with this permit or this process, and they wanted us to fix their particular problem. And we did that, too. Like if they hadn't heard from an agency for six months, we got in touch with the agency, had them get in contact, and, and move those particular projects on. A lot were true regulatory reform projects that you can improve your processes by doing this. So, for example, over at the Department of Environmental Quality, one of our largest regulatory agencies, Director Dorrington put together internally a one-stop process. So a mine, for example, is working with their water quality division, with the air quality division, with hazardous substances. So they were able to bring all of the administrators from each of these different divisions together to the table with the mining company and sit down and have conversations as a whole, that one-stop concept, and it is working so well. We're going to use it a model uh, for other agencies where regulated industries you know, are dealing with lots of different groups within agencies, and hopefully even across agencies will start sharing data. Wow, that's that's a great story, and, and uh, kudos to Director Dorrington as well. I mean, it does that does not surprise me. Montana's Lieutenant Governor Kristen Juris is with us here as we're talking about streamlining government. I got a breakup coming here. We'll talk about like enacting some of these. Yeah, there's 160, I think, bills that I'm looking at here, and and that probably goes on. That's ahead as we look at red tape relief here. We're going in deep. Montana Lieutenant Governor Kristen Juris is with us. Brian Bennett up with headline news upcoming from the Northern News Network. Uh, weather balloons or spy balloons, closed air spaces. Man, that's uh, that's crazy. Congressman Nat Rosendale is going to join us on Tuesday to clear the air, so to speak. Uh, 
Uh, Rachel Craig will be will be with us also on Wednesday. And Rachel is the executive director of the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. That kicks off on the 17th and, again, the 20th annual. Back with Montana Lieutenant Governor Kristen Juris as we um, look at and explore more about streamlining government. Though I do have to ask, uh, Lieutenant Governor, again, thank you for being here. We'll get back to this red tape relief thing. But Montana's airspace was closed down over the weekend, uh, over the Haver area. Uh, reports, it wasn't just Montana. But Canada and Alaska, um, what um, what's the status on, on those things? Or as much as you know, uh, I think the White House, uh, Governor Gianforte had noted through a tweet that the White House has been briefing um, Montana on these actions. Well, I can assure you that the, the governor is very interested in this. As you probably know, he received a briefing at the White House on Saturday night. He was in Washington, D.C. for a few days last week the object which was identified over montana was brought down over lake huron yesterday and we sure do appreciate our folks in uniform who responded we do have some unanswered questions but um, the the governor is paying great attention to this thank you thank you for that i appreciate that i know um and we'll we'll continue to follow it here as well let's get back into this i mean let me just ask you when when you started this project uh, you probably had some expectations um were there things in in developing this project and coming forward that that really surprised you um that that you that grew your eyeballs out big and wide saying oh my gosh look at this we can do something about this well i guess two things that surprised me is um I thought it would be hard to get employees on board because change is hard, and they were enthusiastic. Mm. And just um, the success we've had in this, we already have reduced um, regulations, the number of regulations. We have 177 bills now going through the legislature. We identified some rules that we'd like to change, but we need a statutory change before that. You know, agencies can't adopt rules that are outside of their statutory authorizations. We paid attention to that as well. If there's any place I felt they were a little bit out of their boundaries, we addressed those. So just getting the enthusiastic help from these teams has generated a huge success so far. The second thing that kind of surprises me is um, we've found that everyone likes cutting red tape until it's their red tape. (laughs) So we've gotten, I've been a little surprised at the resistance of, of some stakeholders for from some proposals we've brought in. And one of those is in the area of licensing reform. We want to simplify the occupational licensing um, processes. We want people who have a license, for example, as a nurse in North Dakota to immediately be able to get to work here. So we pro- we've proposed some pretty comprehensive reforms in what we call Title 37. That's the title that governs occupations. And, you know, so, uh, people are used to doing business the way they are. We proposed de-licensing um, some occupations that um, we don't think for consumer and public safety need to be licensed. But some of those people who hold those licenses, they, you know, they want to hang on to them. We proposed moving some licensed occupations from operating under a board to um, a program within the department, eliminating that layer of the board, and and some of those groups have resisted that. But we continue to sit down with them, talk with them, work through, and uh, find out common ground where we can move forward. Did you feel like you had a a good understanding of what was 
necessary regulations versus, you know, there's always a regulatory burden. They'll call it a burden, but overburden some regulations. It would, it would seem to me that that would be sort of a, an important line to uh, define, but very difficult to define. Well, it is difficult to find, and that's, as I mentioned, we put together um, metrics and tables uh, helping staff how to define either unnecessary burdensome. Outdated was probably the easiest. I told them wow. if any, you know, regulation um, is over 20 years old, it certainly needs to be reviewed. And there certainly are a lot over there that were 20 years old. And then next year we're going to look at, you know, 20 to 10. Of course, we did pick up some regulations with shorter periods than that, but um, we – we're tackling those things and have found out that we can really identify areas where we can do better. Mm. One of the things we're focusing on, for example, is where appropriate, you know, moving to a more digital platform. So, for example, one of the first things the Department of Natural Resources did was allow online bidding for oil and gas leases on our state trust lands before 2021 you literally had to come to an oral auction in helena to bid on a state trust land oil and gas lease and that made it more difficult the bids less competitive and that has just uh, been a huge success really has increased the revenue we're receiving from those bids just by a simple change like that we're moving to um, digital hunting licenses so you can download your hunting license on your phone and you know show it to the game warden um, on your phone so those are just some examples of where we've already made some big wins and and are moving forward looking forward to talking more uh, specifically to about some of these other proposals out there uh, you know 160 um, and so some of those are three to five yard plays. I wonder if any of those are like 10 yard plays as the uh, governor, Greg Jane Forte is, is, is fond of saying, and it makes a lot of sense. You, you try to accomplish, uh, instead of everything being a hail Mary, uh, do what you can do. And, and I'm sure a lot of that had to come into play as, uh, you look at passing some of the regulations that come out of the suggestions for red tape relief. So we're back with more Lieutenant Governor Kristen Juris. Got a quick break. Here's headline news with Brian Bennett. <laughs> Montana's Redistricting and Apportionment Commission has voted to finalize new House and Senate maps that will help guide the partisan balance of the state legislature for the next decade. If all goes as planned, the new maps will be filed with the Secretary of State in the coming days, making new legislative districts official that would go into effect starting with the 2024 elections. Chris Gallus, appointed as Montana's new Commissioner of Political Practices by Governor Greg Gianforti, has gotten the okay from the Senate State Administration Committee. Senate Resolution 49 to confirm him now heads to the Senate. He would replace former Commissioner Jeff Mangan as the state's top enforcer of campaign finance, lobbying, and ethics laws. Twelve foreign exchange students are currently enrolled in Montana high schools, reflecting a major upswing in local placements following only one student three years ago and none over the past two years. The program is currently recruiting for the 2023-2024 school year. With Montana News Headlines and the Northern News Network, I'm Brian Bennett. Leading Governor Greg Jean Forte's red tape effort is Lieutenant Governor Kristen Juris, the red tape effort to really streamline government, find out, you know, where, where we've got unnecessary regulations and, and, uh, and Kristen, uh, Lieutenant Governor Juris, thank you again for being here. I appreciate that. I've got about three and a half minutes in, in this segment and I want to get into this, um, because as we noted going into the break, Governor Gene Forte talks about the three to five yard plays, and I think as that's pretty self-explanatory. What can we accomplish? Uh, and then, 
but uh, you know, when it comes to regulations, um, every now, uh, are there ten yard plays out there? Are there are there more long term focuses? What was the understanding, the analysis of what we can accomplish via statute? And what maybe needs to be addressed versus other methods? That's a good question. Yes, we we love three to five yard plays, but we also have in this package of bills that we've introduced as a result of the red tape relief effort, some 50 yard plays. One of those relates to the permitting of new water rights and the change of use of an existing water right, House Bill 114. That is a 50-yard play. That we look far into the future. How can we do this right um, and, and get a timely result? Because if you're a developer and you, and you want to put in a sub, subdivision and it takes you six years to get the necessary permit for water use, because no one's going to live in the house without running water these days, um, we, needed to, we took a hard look at those. And so we have now put into place under House Bill 114 uh, a 105-day process that will ensure you, unless you ask for delays, that you will have an answer to a request for a new permit or a change of use of an existing permit. And we do that through a pre, before you file your application, we ask you to come in and sit down with the Department of Natural Resources and look at what it's going to take to get the water permit through. Um, do you need to do any mitigation, Get make sure that water is going back into the stream so we're not adversely impacting senior water right holders? And I would say it's uh, this is just one of the best pieces of legislation. You know, a farmer shouldn't have to wait two and a half years to move his pump in, back into the stream when the stream meanders. Mm. But believe it or not, that was happening and is happening under the current process. When we came into office, there was a backlog of over 400 water permit or change of use applications that uh, were past due. And for a Christmas present to the governor, the department got that down to zero at the end of December of 2022. But we want to stop that from happening in the future. So here's a perfect example of a 50-yard play. Wow. What's the uh, – um, we've got 45 seconds here. What's been the response to 114? Uh, everybody loves it. it. It got out of committee, got through the House floor. It does come with a price tag. We've got to get more staffing to do those pre-application review processes. So figuring out how that's going to fit into the budget was, was the main issue with it. But it's a statewide-owned natural resource. This is one of the areas we just need to invest in the system to save litigation costs on the back end as long as these delays that farmers and ranchers are facing. That's Montana's and home builders. Thank you. That's Montana's Lieutenant Governor Kristen Juris, fourth generation Montana, as I mentioned, and uh, led this effort on behalf of Governor Greg Gianforte for Red Tape Relief. We'll continue to dig deep in it when we come on back with more here on Voices. Voices of Montana continues right after this. The fastest hour in Montana radio continues. Call 866-627-5483 and join Montana's statewide radio talk show, Voices of Montana with Tom Schultz. Oh, I appreciate you being here, and I hope you're kicking it today. Have a good week, too. We've got things set up for a Monday. And welcome back. Uh, it is 866-627-5483 or a text message at 781-627-5483. We'll tell you about, and this will be a bit later on here this hour, tell you about something upcoming in Dillon, the Cultivation of Generations. 
so from the Beaverhead Conservation District and MSU Extension. So uh, that and a note here as we talk with Lieutenant Governor Kristen Juris about the red tape relief effort against streamlining government. And um, as as I had and, and thank you again, Lieutenant Governor, for being here. Skip, stand by um, uh, in Hamilton. But uh, again, noting where um, uh, there's agreement when it comes to cutting uh, some of these overburdensome regulations. Um, one of the things that everybody has noted in some of the studies, I shouldn't say it that way, but in general, uh, many of the studies that I have noted about regulation and uh, cutting, um, you know, the, the effectiveness of that, they say um, regulations have uh, more of a negative effect on small businesses. Uh, the Montana Manufacturing Association says um, the average cost for regulations per an employee is about $20,000 for uh, that's on the average for all manufacturers, but for small manufacturers with less than 50 employees, uh, the average cost per employee is about $35,000. So uh, the economy is scale there. How, how much did you um, did all the financial considerations come into play when looking um, at at, uh, at this red tape relief effort? Well, yes, we are. Um... We do have a small business impact requirement in Montana so that each and every rule, the agency has to do some analysis on how this is going to impact and if it will negatively impact small businesses. So uh, you can look for those notices and rules as they come out. One of the problems is just to comply with regulations, you have to hire consultants, and that certainly is going into the cost that you just mentioned. We found out that in order to understand the average regulation in Montana, you have to have a 20th grade reading level. Mm. I'm an attorney, and I'm not even at, you know, 20 mm. grades. Wow. So that just, if you can't understand the regulations, that in and of itself is increasing your costs by requiring you to hire consultants or attorneys to explain it. So one of the things that we're focusing on is rewriting regulations so uh, you know they're more understandable, easier to comply with. And we're trying to do that analysis with each of our regulations. We're going to have a pilot program where we go into a question and answer format for regulations, which generally are easier to understand than normal rules and regulations. So that those are some of the efforts we're making in that oh, regard. I like that. Um, in that way, it's sort of fun, right? Uh, you, you, you're presented with a solution, or pardon me, a problem, and uh, then you've just put all ideas on the table to come up with some, some creative solutions, I suppose. Yeah, it is. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, another thing I talked to the governor about was, you know, should we put focus on the quantity? Like for every new one, you, you have to get rid of one or oh, yeah. two. But those games are so easily played um, by just condensing two rules into one that we decided not to focus on that. Quantity is important. We're looking at total page numbers, total length, and those are coming down. But see, the Q&A format might take more words, yet it'll produce a better product. So quantity alone shouldn't be the sole driver. An yeah. important factor, but not the sole driver. Yeah, thank you. I get that. Let's go to Skip listening in K at KLYQ in Hamilton. Skip, you're on the air with Lieutenant Governor Chris Juris on Voices. And thank you, Tom. Uh, uh, Lieutenant Governor, uh, thanks for coming on and explaining a bunch of things to everybody. I hope before you get off the air today, you can please encourage people and, and to tell their friends also that while our session is on for three months, 
to please get as interactive as possible with their legislators because this is the time that bills are out there that are going to affect them right you know right up close to home when it comes to the to the red tape bills Jason Ellsworth wrote a wonderful article that Tom was even reflecting on last week and it had to do with uh, a whole lot of little tiny things that are some of them are kind of like why are they there and I'll tell you one of them and, and it's almost comical is it wants me to divulge where I pick my huckleberries and I don't think I want to tell anybody that <laughs> not many huckleberry pickers do that's one of the best kept secrets in Montana <laughs> Christian, please. If you no. people to do that, it would be appreciated because right now to get proactive is so important for our future. And my guess is you think the same. And and uh, also, Tom, thanks as always for having people on with meaningful subjects. Thank oh, you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Skip. Appreciate that. Yeah. So, yeah Skip, go ahead. Skip, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. We have a citizen legislature. These people, almost all of them, have full time jobs. They come here and do they work hard. Uh, for 90 legislative days. And what I have noticed as I attend different hearings is how much attention they pay when citizens of Montana care enough to come to the Capitol and talk to them about legislation that will affect them. I have literally seen the testimony of, you know, normal citizens change the course of the bill or make sure that certain bills are passed. So, I agree with you entirely. Everybody um, be interactive. If you can't come to a hearing, please email your legislator, your representative or senator. We have a Zoom option now for all of our hearings. You have to register 24 hours in advance, but you can now testify by Zoom. So there's many, many ways that you can have an impact. And let me assure you, they do listen to you. Ah. So please get involved. Thank you for that. Um, in that article that uh, Senate President Ellsworth um, had submitted, he talked about the hucksters. Um, and and that's, I mean, that whole story is the very definition of why we need red tape relief. Oh, Tom, I love this story because, um, you know, my boys, they went to school in Great Falls, and they had to sell fruit door to door to raise money for their uniforms and, and other activities. And I'm an attorney, and their attorney mother didn't realize they were breaking the Huckster Law. The uh, 1920s statute requires anyone who sells fruit or vegetables they didn't raise uh, to get this license from the county treasurer. So just for fun, I called the county treasurer and asked if I could get a Huckster's license, and there was dead silence on the other end of the phone. So this is a fun perfect story of an outdated piece of legislation that just needs to come off the of the books and we still protect food safety through through other statutes both federal and state what else do you um uh, th- that's one in particular but there's a list here of 160 and again we kind of talked about some of those are uh are, are longer passes uh, some are three to five yards um what stands out for you I, I guess it's hard but maybe look at some of those individual uh, uh measures and then educate us on those a lot of these bills um, many of them don't try to change the substance of the law but they're trying to improve the process so for example um, we're making it easier for livestock owners to report for their per capita fee under the current law you have to add to your inventory and send in a report 
um, whenever you bring cattle in from out of state. And we're saying, no, let's just like uh, take a picture of your inventory on February 1st. That's what we're going to base it on all year long. You don't have to keep coming back to us with more reports. We're trying to make collection of certain excise taxes easier by going to uh, quarterly reports versus monthly reports. We're getting rid of stock inspection. Right now, there's a triplicate form that's the only acceptable form for your uh, brand inspection and stock inspection certificate. So we're going to get rid of that triplicate form and, and just allow normal copies and even starting to promote some digital use of those forms as well. So a lot of it is just on making government provide their services more efficiently and at a lower cost to the taxpayer. How much of this will, um, and I, I've not seen maybe a, a cost savings uh, analysis here, and I, I think that's good because I, as I've looked at them, they're all over the board. Um, uh, how much How much did you bump into federal regulations or federal overreach into the agencies? Because you're just talking about the agencies under the governor's purview. Correct. Um, so we're handling federal overreach with their regulations in a different manner, and that has kept this, this governor's office very busy. We will correspond directly with the federal agencies involved. For example, you know, we think the grizzly needs to be delisted. So a year ago, the governor's office submitted a petition to delist the grizzly, and just last week, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service agreed to go ahead with that one-year process to uh, review a potential delisting of the grizzly. Uh, we've, we've written to the Environmental Protection Agency on their Waters of the U.S. rule, saying that it's overextensive, and we need to wait on a pending U.S. Supreme Court case that's going to answer lots of questions there. So we are in pretty frequent contact with the federal government when we believe that they're overreaching. We think the state best manages its natural resources and its wildlife and that's what we're fighting hard for. What's the um, what's the follow up here? And I know there's a uh, and this is actually you know the gist of it here, um, getting the information and doing the study and then appropriating or uh, maybe some funds if, as necessary. But um, it really it's it's the policy and, and then going that forward. Um, the next step. Uh, I'm curious as to have you received any encouragement or any inquiry from other states? Um, uh, how, how do we continue on in this process so it's not just, um, you know, dealt with in this 68th legislature? With Yes, I am just in regulatory reform generally. We I have been talking to a lot of other states and looking at what they're doing and, and aligning interests because why reinvent the wheel? If they figured out some good processes, we're doing it. With regard to federal overreach, we often uh, combine with like-minded um, especially Western states, but not all necessarily always limited to Western states in signing uh, joint letters, uh, pushing back against federal overreach. So we frequently talk with other states. We work closely, of course, with our attorney general, the Department of Justice, and um, other independent agencies as well. Um, going forward, um, are you still, is the process still open in terms of um, where the public can maybe submit comments or other stakeholders can continue to submit comments? Absolutely. Like I said, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. We've just hit the tip of the iceberg. As, uh, we're going to continue to be doing this after the legislatures go 
home on top of their normal rulemaking activities. You can always still submit a comment on the governor's website. Uh, we still have our red tape portal up, and I encourage you to do that. And, um, you know, I think one of the things I've learned is some of these bills are big, like our, you know, permit water permit, but it's the cumulative effect of lots of small bills that I think is really going to make the difference. So each and every bill in of, its, of itself might not be that exciting or that big, but boy, when you add them all up, we are going to be providing better service. And I have asked our agencies to try to capture what some of these cost savings might be to the agencies, to the tax, taxpayers, and we're trying to do that. But some of them, it, it's just hard to quantify. So I don't know that we're going to get an exact picture of what that looks like. I want to ask um, how you're doing through all this. Uh, we, we kind of talked about the process, and of course, you know, with your 32 years as an attorney, private practice in Great Falls, you helped farmers, ranchers, small business owners, and um, also did a lot of that pro bono and was recognized, uh, Robert, I hope I'm saying that right, Goff Pro Bono Award for your commitment there to pro bono legal services. So thank you for that. Um, what's what's your sense, Lieutenant Governor, of uh, uh, of where, you know, accomplish something, but still there's still work to, to get uh, accomplished, I suppose. There always is. There's always um, work to be done. And as the governor, one of the things he tells us almost every day is, is we can do things better. We're always looking for ways to do things better, to deliver services more efficiently at a lower cost to the taxpayer and that job just never ends and you know i'm an administrator at heart i'm i'm loving this and i am so proud of the work of the agencies as i look at these 177 bills we now have going through that represents a lot of committed employees who have stepped up to this challenge and i absolutely couldn't have done it without them this is a team product we're building uh, teams and and that's just good for everybody. Well, uh, the outcome, uh, if it makes government work a lot better for us, uh, boy, I'm I'm 100% on board as I have been, Lieutenant Governor Kristen Juris. Thank you for that uh, and for being on here. And we'll, uh, you know, this, this this microphone's open to you anytime. Well, thank you. I really appreciate appreciate the opportunity to chat about this. And once again, just encourage everybody out there to. Pay attention to what the legislature is doing, red tape or not, and get involved. This is your state.